2000, like all the time. We getting any money off of it? Yeah, it depends on. I think we just started picking up some this month. Right now, we're at about what three? So we need to get definitely do that NFT stuff we talked about. Mm. And we got to talk too, because I know everybody's listening right now. We got to make sure we got that merch ready and rocking to go. Got the merch. Got the merch. Pre-orders. What's up, Lucky Lefty family? It's the Lucky Lefty podcast featuring Honora Whiskey. Go to honorawhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. And if you drink, drink responsibly. Yo, we spin it different. You saw us put it on our Twitter feed today. Part two. Sunday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. Central Time. Part two. Don't you miss it. Because the sequel is better than the original. We guarantee that. Guaranteed. It's not a lot of sequels that are better than the original. I think this one is definitely better, bro. What, what do you think? I think he did a great job updating us. And uh, I think it just depends on who's doing it. Like how Netflix redoes like Undercover Brother, I think it was real shameful. So not all sequels are better, but mm-hmm. you know, that's one that we did. I think this is this will make us a, a spinning it different for real. And I think so. And I'm very, very happy. You know why I'm happy, bro? What? Because after Sunday, everybody can stop asking us questions. That's right. You know what I mean? That's like the biggest thing for me. Like, don't ask me any more questions. All questions will be answered. The top two people that they ask questions about after this interview, you don't have to ask us any more questions. That's right. If you don't get enough from this interview, then I don't know what to tell you. I just don't. Hmm. And there it is, man. It is only given to you by the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spend it different. That's what we do. That's what we do. So today, another great day of practice. I want to reveal something that was told to us. Just a sneak peek of the interview that is to come on Sunday night. It was revealed to us. I mean, unless you guys just need us to come out and tell it. We've only had one exclusive interview, right? One truly exclusive interview. And we're doing part two, so everybody should know who that is. And this individual told us that their uncle was at practice Notre Dame practice this week, earlier in the week. And his takeaway was that the offensive side of the ball was getting busy and that both sides of the ball were doing a lot of chirping. Now, while everybody else wanted to send Tyler Buckner to the NFL after practice on last Saturday, my biggest takeaway was what, bro? It's a new vibe. 
Yeah. This, this team, this is not the same. This is not your younger Notre Dame football team mm-hmm. from 10 years ago. This is not your BK era Notre Dame team. The vibe, the swag, and the level of chirping. Because remember I asked you a couple of shows ago, I said, man, did you guys chirp? And you were like, well, it was a few guys. You said Kavari, and then you mentioned some other guys that chirped. But it wasn't like team wide. No. 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 Team wide, no. I think every level on both sides of the ball has someone that chirps. Every room, wide receivers, running back, O-line. Blake Fisher talks all game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He talks all game. Talks all practice, dude. Right? Maybe the quarterbacks don't talk. Right, because both quarterbacks are kind of quiet. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them. They they would be the at the bottom of the the crap talking. Yeah, yeah, but then on the defensive side of the ball, heck, Jason Adamiola isn't even practicing, and that dude runs his mouth the entire practice. That's you right. Got a true freshman defensive back chirping. Yeah, like he's a three, like he's a junior. All mouth more. All grade levels. Just chirping. And who was the driving force? That I said was the energy of the defense, none other than grad transfer Brandon Joseph. <laughs> and I took a lot of flack on the sly, so you have to watch the message boards. I took a yeah. lot of flack for what I said, bro, but I stood on it and I doubled down. And I said, you know what? I understand that 14 is a different beast. And I understand that 14 is a unicorn of sorts on the football field. At his mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. But this dude, Brandon Joseph, is like Magic Johnson back there because he makes sure that everybody gets to feel the energy. Yeah. And he makes everybody around him better. And everybody feeds off of that. And he talked about that when he met with the media today. Safety's coach, Chris O'Leary, met with the media. Ramon Henderson met with the media. We found out today that is certain that Xavier Watts is staying on the defensive side of the ball. He spoke mm-hmm. with the media today. It was good to see DJ Brown at the podium today because I thought for a second he might no longer be on the football team Saturday. That's right. <laughs> at around 12, 15 p.m. Transfer portal work. Yeah, I thought he's going to be transfer portal work. But he's still on the squad. And that back end – as a quarterback, as a quarterback, you come to, I guess this is easy because most people would immediately go to defensive line. But a guy like you that could scramble, were you more worried about what the back four, what the four guys on the back end were doing? Or were you more worried about that defensive line? Yeah. It just depends. It's like if you got Aaron Donald up there, you think about <laughs> you got a good secondary, like an LSU secondary, you think about the secondary. So yeah, yeah. every team has somebody that you're looking after. But at the end of the day, if you can buy time and extend the play, it always makes the, the other side of football real worried. Yeah. You don't have the shape usually because throughout the season, your shape goes down. Well, for me, if I come to the line of scrimmage, 
especially from a quarterback that wants to throw the ball, say like uh, C.J. Stroud, game one. Game one. I feel like I have matchups all over the field. I might get shocked a little bit early in that game. If I have to run around, yeah. Yeah, and then I take maybe one or two chances that I shouldn't take on that back end. Some guys back there that can make a difference. Brandon Joseph knows Ohio State real well. Oh, very well. Very well. Has been used to making plays against them as well. So, look, man, that's what we're going to talk about today, the new attitude, because we have a guy that played in the air where everything was – would you say that the blueprint was about – looking like a professional practice in your opinion during your yeah, time I think a lot of it was just everybody was good enough that it wasn't a secret so guys had to live up to some of the draft boards that was coming out some of the teams they was projected to be on uh you know Jalen was like top 10 at that time mm-hmm. So when you got all these expectations, it's just the team that year really met them. I mean, Will was hot that going into that year and, you know, the class above us, because they had came off of the, as freshmen, freshmen, sophomores, helping the 2012 team get to the league and to the championship. So they kind of knew what it looked like. So all included everybody with the expectations that we had going into the season raised the level of competition and and talent and it raised level of belief we just felt like we had all the best players already and the season hasn't started yet so if we're all the best projected the best then pushing each other we we really can be the best team it's interesting you say that it's a perfect segue well we must be connected We've done a lot of shows together. It's obvious. Because like I said, Brandon Joseph met with the media. And he was asked, yo, how good can this defense be? Ceiling, like the best we can be? The best we can be is the best defense in this country. Uh, I was just saying over there, once everyone gets on that page of nothing's holding us back but ourselves. We have players on this team that... When we all play together, we all play as fast as we can, as hard as we can, and we all know what we're doing. Like the only thing stopping us is ourselves. So once we we get on that same page, we're all working towards the goal of being the best teammates in the country. It, it's gonna happen. Yep. You guys, you guys weren't saying that under Van Gorder, were you? Not in the interviews like that. Oh, okay. A locker room thing. Okay. You kept it kind of private to yourselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get them transfers in, they bring in all type of extra baggage. <laughs> yeah. But he yeah. wasn't the one that jumped it off, remember? It was Jason Adamiola. Yep. When he came back, he jumped it off. That defensive side of the ball has been chirping ever since all of these guys decided to come back. So when Brandon Joseph got on campus, he just got on the same page. He was like, this is what we're doing? I'm yeah. with it. Let's do it. And when you really think about what he's saying, you know, immediately when we heard the clip and we talked about it, 
we immediately went to the Georgia defense, right? Like, yeah, like that's like man, that's a tall. Were they, were they talking like that? Was Georgia talking like that before the season? I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure locally they probably were, because they were returning everybody, so they knew. They knew what it was. Yeah, and they knew they were gonna have that squad that could actually go out there and do what they ended up doing, except for what the SEC championship game, which was the worst performance they had against Alabama and Brown. Yeah, probably all season by far. Yeah, yeah. So even though he's chirping, one of the funniest things that Brandon Joseph said is that uh, that cat Matt Bayless has had him bending over a lot. They just really push you here. Like, there's so many times where you are in pain and you just can't stop. You got to keep going. So that mental limit that that they really want to push you to, to go to, it's real here. And to go through it with all your teammates, knowing that everyone's going through that same thing, the mental edge that that I think we've gained and I've gained personally and then we've gained totally as a team, it's it's been great this offseason. Well, Bayless has always been the difference, even for Kelly, that year coming off of the year that everybody was let go. Mm-hmm. Bayless definitely changed the team's makeup from a physical standpoint. And, I mean, he should be – That was a, talk about moves made. He's standing Bayless, two really key guys for Marcus Freeman, kicking off his air because, I mean, Bayless changed life in that second half of Coach Kelly's uh, – tenure at Notre Dame and really got him consistent, you know, really got that team strong enough to compete throughout all of those seasons, the undefeated year, the playoff years. So I'm not surprised that Bayless, I mean, that uh, Brandon Joseph is shocked because I'm sure, you know, Northwestern has its limits on how far they really go because look at them every year in the Big Ten, but him seeing what it's like being on a top five program, I think this is what the ingredients would include. You know, it's real here. That's what you want to – the perspective you want to run with as a, as a Notre Dame team that's trying to change that narrative, like the ones of Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. I mean, I'm sure if you go over there, they'd be like, it's real here. So if you talk like that, you you definitely putting yourself in good conversations of uh, top programs in college football. <laughs> I forget it was a former Alabama defensive lineman that did an interview recently. And uh, they asked him, what does he say to recruits? You know, that Nick Saban has him talk to. And he was like, the first question I ask is, is this what you really want to do? Like, don't think it's sweet. Like, forget all of the championships and winning games. Like, do you really want to go through the grind? Because, like, yeah. we do all football here. This ain't, don't get it twisted. Your whole life is football when you come to the University of Alabama. So uh, Notre Dame is different, has a different vibe, different purpose. We know how important 4 for 40 is, not only to the university, but to the young men that come through and matriculate through that program. But to me, it's the best package. It's the most unique package that a coach can present to any young man and his family. Yeah, I mean, you get the whole nine, everything that you would want to look for in a school. It's definitely a parent-friendly school, so you're going to go and 
not have to say much. They're going to really wow your parents with just all the resources. And then just to mention that you're dealing with Marcus Freeman, who's seen what that access looks like, seeing, been there before. He, he didn't just show up to Notre Dame campus. He already was on the, on the team, getting the vibe, getting the feel of what this campus can bring. So now he's just putting his own spin on the program, running it himself, and I think he's done a great job uh, preparing and, and buffering the program before it heads into a tough season. When you look at the schedule, I don't see a lot of teams that can really threaten this secondary other than Ohio State right out the bat. Now, of course, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams will be a challenge at the end of the year. Clemson, I mean, based upon how the offense looked last year, not impressed by the quarterback position. Maybe Cade Klubnik comes in and takes over and elevates that. But other than that, Notre Dame's going to avoid what you might say elite quarterbacks and elite passing games on their schedule this year. Yeah, I think uh, our challenge is to define our identity on offense and improve on the, the lack of dominance defensively that I think now we have the talent for. So we know that every every year on paper, we're generally 90% more talented than the teams we're playing. And then you get those one or two big games of the year, like the Ohio State game this year, Clemson game where we really get tested as, okay, what does the talent versus talent look like? Yeah. I'm glad that Ohio State is the first game because it's the freshest game. So you get to feel good because you're like, all right, I know what we can look like by the end of the season. And then you could also be like, okay, if we jump out on them, okay, we start hot. We can really hit this undefeated season as well. So a lot of benefits to playing Ohio State out the gate. And I think just from Marcus Freeman getting an early win like that just would be great for his own coaching legacy, kicking it off right way against the top five team and then um, how that sets forward for what he's trying to chase after that. I'm just trying to think, man. On a scale of one to ten, do you think that would crack the top ten of biggest Notre Dame wins if they won that first game? 100%. Because when's the last top five, top three matchup we've won an, an away game? Mm. So that, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. I'm thinking about all the great comebacks, all the great wins in the history going all the way back. I mean, it's a lot of big time wins, but you might be right for a first time head coach. His first regular season game to walk into that environment. And come alma mater, his alma mater. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to let you have this one, dude. Right? Because this is funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. We got to go make him trash. He ain't, he ain't just going to trash on his own. Dude, that's funny. I guarantee that same person would say that both of our quarterbacks, or at least one of our quarterbacks, are better. 
We need to worry about our own quarterbacks right now before we start talking about NIL quarterbacks. Oh, dude, we got Tom Brady behind center, dude, ready to start. He's TV for sure. But. <laughs> According to reports and articles, can you imagine the hype if we beat Ohio State the first home game? Going to be nuts. I guess Marshall should be nuts. You know what I mean? But a win like that would solidify a lot of what we've been prophesizing on this podcast in terms of Notre Dame being different, Notre Dame being a team that is is changing the narrative. We're finally going to cross over into that competitive yeah. national championship team instead of just being a deservant national championship team. So um, I think this would be great. I think it's a, a large task, like just because – the benefits are so great. Doesn't mean it's easy whatsoever to get up there and, and do it. So it, it'll be the challenge. I'm I'm sure, and I'm, but I'm sure they should be talking about it now. I mean, I would be. You know, it's not it's elephant in the room. It's the first thing coming to you. Can't really avoid it. Right. It's good enough to garner the respect of you talking about it in spring a little bit. You know, trying to get a. As much as you can, because, I mean, you know, you want to hit that first game rolling. If you do that, I mean, we got college game days every week after that, I feel like. You know, it just sets us up real nice for any type of playoffs or whatever we can look forward to towards the end. Well, look here, man. Ultimately, I think with the weapons they have, especially with Xavier Watts, and Ramon Henderson stand on the back end. I think we might begin to change the narrative, right? Because there's a lot of things we've been known as. We've been known as tight end you. Yeah, O-line you. O-line you. Fair Not catch, fair catch you. We've been known as fair catch you for a few years. Fair, oh, fair catch you. I think that's, that narrative is definitely going to change this year. And I think this back four might be the group to start bringing a light, shed the light on the defensive backfield. I really do. Yeah. I think running back you, the, the running back room is going to be elite this year, in my opinion. Well, that offensive line is going to be elite. Well, see, the, that's, that's been part. It's hairy, dude. Like, yeah. you expect nothing less. You expect nothing less. I see we got Tyler Buckner back in the chat room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everybody's going at him. <laughs> Beast Daniel has a message for him. Hand the ball off, work the play action. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the go-to. You can't go wrong doing that, Tyler. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Here's a question from my guy, Guinea Pig Clips. Can we legit play a competitive playoff game this year? We're going to find out first game. I mean, that is kind of – yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the measuring stick, right? Yeah. If, if, as disrespectful as you were last year, if they beat Ohio State – Will your disrespect of the Big Ten continue? 
the Big Ten is just a bunch of like Josh Allen's, you know, it's just a bunch of overhyped. <laughs> Wait a minute, bro. And there's always Allen actually changed the overtime rule in the NFL this year. Look how much they try to make him the great hero of the league. Like they he's not Tom Brady. He doesn't deserve no rule change. Patrick Mahomes deserves rule changes. But it doesn't matter. He's going to continue to lose to Patrick Mahomes, not Joe Burrow. Not that whole AFC North is going to give Patrick Mahomes problems. The whole AFC North. Josh Allen would be bottom 10 of the league this year. Out of the he'll be like 10. Not like 32. That's that spot's reserved for Mr. Trubisky if he starts in Pittsburgh. But other than that, it's going to be great. It's going to be great for the whole AFC North. I'm, I'm about to get – I don't know what jersey to get because I want to get my guy Burrow, but I got to get my guy to shine. That orange jersey going to be hard. You know, <laughs> it's going to be hard. I got to get one. <laughs> that is going to be hard. And you know what? That Cleveland Brown jersey is just a classic jersey. Just a classic football a classic jersey. jersey. Just a classic right? football jersey. Then I want to get a Lamar jersey because that 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 black that black and purple. Oh, which, oh the black and purple one? I was yeah, about to say yeah. which one. The black yeah. and purple. It's like man, if you see like a Jerry Rice 49ers jersey, or like a Walter Payton Bears jersey, or a Jim Brown Cleveland. It's class. Those are just classic jerseys, man. Simple too. Simple. Not a lot, just, just real a color to the point. It's kind of what makes the Notre Dame jersey and uniform so dope. Classic, simple, to the point, even though they come up with some pretty good combinations for the Shamrock series. I will say that. I'm all about the green pants whenever they want to rock them. Ooh. You see uh, the Eagles bringing back their throwback jerseys. The I green. saw that. I saw that. We can we ain't too we ain't too high and mighty. We couldn't bring ours. Now you know the ugliest jersey of all time. What? When the Packers wear that prison brown, blue. That brown blue. Yeah, that stripe. That's that's hideous. Hideous. I'm thinking the green with the green letters and the gold pants. I'm not the green with the gold letters and the gold pants. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, that Cowboys, that Cowboys uniform is sweet too, though. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Did you like the powder blue Oilers uniforms from back in the day? Uh, those are smooth. Those are that's I a classic so jersey type of you got must have. But uh, I was definitely a fan, man. I'm trying to think, man, the league going to be crazy this year coming up. You see Bobby Wagner just signed with uh, the Rams. I don't know where they're getting this money from, but the Rams jerseys are hard, too. Let's not forget. Yo, dude, that dude, I told you, I was out in L.A. and literally almost bought. I saw it on the street. F them picks. Somebody <laughs> no, that's, was, that's a classic shirt. Somebody was selling a shirt that said F them picks, and I was like, it was fresh off, fresh off the Super Bowl. Fresh off Super the Super Bowl. Somebody was selling F them picks, and I said, "You know what? I should snag that." Yeah, because that's legendary. That's legendary. They still doing it. They still. Oh heck yeah! Still doing it. So, 
what we're really getting at right now is this attitude that Notre Dame has. And I think it stopped short. And I'll be back at practice this Saturday. So I'll be able to see how things have evolved since I've last been there over the weekend. So I'll be there for practice on Saturday. And at some point, it really hasn't led to a lot of fighting. That's one thing we haven't heard. We had one skirmish last week. It really wasn't a skirmish. It was just Blake Fisher bulldozing Bo Bauer and then everybody coming to his defense. That's pretty much what it was. So this attitude hasn't become an issue. It's really permeated throughout the entire team. And with all of that being said, what you're looking for is how does it translate to the regular season? How does it help? And that's something we have to wait to see because ultimately, you know, some team is going to hit Notre Dame in the mouth. Some team is going to put up resistance. And how does Notre Dame as a team, how do they respond to that? How do they fight back? How do they deal with, you know, being faced with a deficit in the second half of the game under Coach Freeman? All of those things we'll get to see. And they'll play out. And hopefully this is where that attitude comes into play, where you feel like we're going to win the game no matter what. And that's the confidence they have. Heck, if they're talking about being the best defense in the country, heck, for six weeks, Iowa was one of the best defenses in the country last year. Iowa's a good team, man. You always hating on Iowa. No, 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 no. I just showed them love. What are you talking about? I think that it definitely matters how much consistent we are. And if we get better each game, I call that progress to be in a top five defense in the country. But, I mean, that Georgia defense such was such a standard. It's one of those defenses you don't get out of your head. But we don't have guys up front like that. Right. I think that just made the biggest difference between Bama and Georgia and everybody else is that – that Falski, Amendola, whatever that third D lineman needs to be, a, a, a he need to be four hundred pounds and run yeah. a full three. Yeah, I just feel like that's what's missing. In the in the the, that's a no doubt, no brainer. We close our eyes because only like Brandon Joseph in the secondary can only do so much. Cincinnati had two corners not giving up no touchdowns for about four years. <laughs> And it was it was great, but it didn't make Cincinnati, Georgia. Right, right, right. right it didn't right, make right. Georgia. Right, facts, facts. So we can have a great secondary. You know, the linebacking core is going to be better, more experienced, faster. But Alabama doesn't miss because they have those. Who is that? 99, 96, 97. Who are those three guys? And they just interchangeably 330 <laughs> crazy and then they yeah. got some freakish six seven dn that you just oh yeah he's a freshman or something he's a sophomore yeah, yeah. giving them hell you know right right so yeah. do we have something like that i i mean i i don't know i think that's why i said last year i thought falski was a really good player but does he have the attitude of the dn from alabama I Which think that's different. <laughs> Which one? Will Anderson. About, Will Anderson. You talking about the true freshman? Or you talking about Will Anderson? Which yeah, one? 
<laughs> they just grow them on trees down in Alabama, dude. You see Will Anderson, and then you come to the SEC championship game in the playoffs. Yeah, the other one was like, who is that? comes out of nowhere. Like, who is this kid? Boy, crazy. Oh. Just boy, crazy. Right. The true freshman. Like, wow. wow. So, are we, are, do we got wow players at, at on defense? I, I don't know about wow. I think we have really good ones. 13 sacks is great production. I think, well, back in, Brandon Joseph is wild. He can be wild. But is Cam that can be, Wait, Cam can be wild. If they if he gets an opportunity yeah, to make plays. Cam not getting no wild uh, action. He ain't getting right. no wild right. right. Brandon Joseph got more chance to get some wild action. You know, Cam going to do his job. So, you know, it would be upsetting if he had a lot of wild action because it's like, what you doing over there? Yeah. Right, right. But do we got wild? Do what's one wild D lineman? We don't have one right now, and I think that's where it starts. When mm. you think of, oh, this is a kick, kick, kick ass defense because mm -hmm. Bama got wild D lineman that we may not know the names of right now, but when it gets to the end of the end of the season and and they playing that okay, Bama up against another number one or whatever, that's where they shine. Right, right, right. And you like, oh my goodness, they got depth for year. Who is that and that? Yeah, that's that's what I want to see from our defenses. Who is that wow up front guy? The back end, the back end gonna be solid because it better be. You know, it's just those are that's just an expectation for our back end is we better be more solid back end wise. And we made the steps to do that. Linebacker, we just gotta get faster. And we gotta weed out some of the 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 poster children of what our a Notre Dame defense looks like, you know, get some guys that that look a little mean, you know, a little suspect, not not as clean, you know. That's a right. recipe, you know. It's a obviously it's a, uh, a optic thing, but maybe it got to be a little bit more optically a, a, a pleasing as a intimidating defense when you're talking about number one defense in the country. Yeah. I got Irish. AJ says saving passing out that deer antler spray on freshman orientation day. <laughs> it's the, the thing that wows us about Alabama is the, the surprise guys. You know, it's the surprise guys every single time. The yeah, national championship, yeah. Devontae Smith pop out there. Yeah. Score a game winning touchdown. Right. right. Freshman to freshman. Right. Who is right. that? Right. Now he ended up being a Heisman winner. We we ain't even know. We ain't even know. They were still working with uh, all the receivers they had before. You know, right. they went back to the prequel. They put they put out the prequel in overtime. They played it backwards. Yeah, how you how you pulling out freshman for overtime? Yeah, right. never. Yeah, that's the type of stuff they own right now. They they doing stuff. They got bored doing it conventionally. They said, you know what? We're so good. You come to us. We'll put you in the championship. Play. We ain't even gonna put you in the whole season. You get the championship play if you come to Bama right now. See, have magic day working. Hey, that was a true freshman in the championship game that dropped that dime from Bryce Young in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Bryce Young. He ain't true freshman, but he damn near freshman enough. That's crazy. So I'm, I'm with you. We miss having a Lewis Nix. To it. To it. Sheldon, yeah, because if we had like a Sheldon or two it on this squad this year, yeah, now you talk. We 
it's something to talk about. Yeah, it's something to talk about. So, so now you feel like the back end is biting off a lot. The back end gonna be straight because I mean, like, come on, it's still college football. It ain't too many teams out here just that we're playing this year outside of you know obviously Ohio State. That's just gonna be like, all right, they're gonna give us something, you yeah. know, on a on a down to down. You know, teams that play us, they want to be balanced. They want to try to run. They want to try to throw. Or if we're going against a Virginia, we're already better than them, so. You know, they just giving up opportunities. But this is a team where the secondary being the biggest impact on the defense is just not, to me, a number one defense of team. Mayor's Wolfowl is someone that everybody loves. I think the fan base, they love Mayor's more than they love Drew Pine. And that's, you know, we always got some weird – I I, got to see him. He needs to stay healthy, man. Like, we can talk about – Promise and what he's shown flashes. Yeah, this ain't the school. This ain't the school for. This ain't the school for what your potential can be. Only because we got too many good guys. So it's just all right. We love you, but your ass got to stay available. You know, man. What a deal, McCullough tell his running backs. It's Notre Dame. Being average ain't good enough. That's what I'm saying. Ain't nobody care about. No, no. You better go. I don't want you talking about. Yeah, I'm. I'm good, coach. No, no, no. That's not Notre Dame. Because Alabama at the point where they like, all right, we getting all good players. So transfer, you playing, but you gotta be, you gotta be Jameson Williams, damn near. You know, that's their expectation. They transfers is Jameson Williams. Our transfers is Ben Stogovac or what's his his name? Ben Skaronic. Skaronic. Yeah, we got Skaronic. Even though he in the league, you know, he doing his thing. You know, but we, we want we want a transfer that's gonna be in the championship contention for us. Like he best player out there. Then they got your boy from LSU. Then they, you know, your boy said he couldn't see himself in South Bend. Like, uh, yeah, he already told. He said, he said I can't see us. I can't. But he makes those decisions. You know, he makes those decisions. So let's talk about safety's coach Chris O'Leary and what he's seen thus far. Doing spring practices. You know, it's kind of what I told her today. I've seen competitive. And that's what the most important thing coming out of spring is to make this group a competitive group. Um, so, you know, handling some new some new defenses, some of the old defenses, working through it, but ultimately going out there and competing every day, whether it's one-on-one, seven-on-seven. You know, what we care about is guys going out thinking about winning the rep every time. And so that's what I've seen from top to bottom. So that's that's been the positive part of it. Yo, I interrupt this broadcast because I'm all Chicago all the time. Shout out to my boy Tim Hardaway for finally making the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, dope. Hardaway. That, that, that's, that's, hey, baby, that's Southside for real. That's Argyle Gardens. Oh, you, you don't know. Yeah, that's, that's Argyle Gardens. You don't know nothing about that, boy. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Featured and presented by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Yo, you should drink it. Marcus Freeman does. Marcus and, if Freeman. Do, and if you do drink it, make sure you drink it responsibly. I'm just saying, if the head coach of Notre Dame has it on his bar, what's, what's his you bar. we got photo proof now. What's we keeping you from doing We got photo proof. Photo proof. Let's get it That's done. That. That ain't that at the office. That's at home. 
at home. At home. You know, next to the ice tray. Next to the yeah, that's the one he pulling out first because it's next to the ice, so you know he's going to it. Are you a real ice, or do you like this artificial ice? The rocks they call it that keeps that doesn't melt and keeps everything kind of cool. Man, you know, people always trying to make bread better. Sometimes it, it just it is what it is, you know. It just let it be what it is. The most simple, the the better takes. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy because you know sometimes if you don't if you sip too slow. It can get a little watery, you know, on your spirit. That's you right. So, right. I understand. I understand. That's why I'm a shot guy if I do anything. See, so get to the point, man. I like that. <laughs> shot. Give me, give me a double shot of that Anor. You know what I mean? Get right. Yeah, it gets you right, right all night. Nice, sweet, smooth. That's what we do. Jay Henry. We talking trash. Love to see it. They're definitely talking trash. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at this point, college football has has come to a head. You either get you a superstar franchise, billion mm -hmm. dollar quarterback, yep, or you get you some wild players, mm -hmm. or you get you a top five recruiting class every year. It's only a couple ways to spin it this time, just because it's so saturated recruiting. Money's starting to flow crazy from NIL. The transfer portal is popping. If you don't have no wild players. Now, we're talking about the upper echelons of college football. This is like, what will it take to win a championship? Right. Attitude and culture is what we were lacking or could have had more of. I think it would have gave us a little bit more oomph going against these juggernaut teams. But that's what we're building. I think the last piece for us is getting that wow, getting that that player player where you like, oh yeah, we've been we've been waiting, you know, defensively. Yes. Offensively, we're gonna get us a quarterback because it's Notre Dame. You know, Woo! we we got TV. April 23rd, baby. April 23rd. 23rd. We got a we got a QV, but it's like it's Notre Dame, though. Like D McCullough said, he says Notre Dame. We expect the, the 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 five star dripping off the kid. Oh man, that's that's what we we want the we want the we want all of that because that's what that's what we looking to do in the MF area, and that's I think with those ingredients, I think we'll be there before you know it. Dude, I look at what's coming, and what's coming if they actually walk into the environment that's being set. By this team, as far as attitude and chirping, yo, I hope we don't have like Miami type trash talking in two years. But when we start getting the athletes to back it up and we start adding that depth from the class of 23 and the class of 24, the way things are looking, watch out, man. Watch out. And you know what? It's going to be like, because Marcus Freeman is so chill, right? He's like the perfect person to hold the leash for that type of dog. You know what I'm saying? Just a strong, strong persona standing there. And it's just like, he's just standing there. You have to have one of those link chains. Can't have one of those leather straps. Can't have a leather strap holding the leash of a team like that. You got to have one of those strong, 
big link chains. The dog you got on the end is steadily trying to break free to get at whomever he sees as the opponent. And that's what I see this team being in another year or two. Like that beast with the attitude that's ready to eat every time they step on the field. I love this attitude. I really do. Even though it might not match up, like you said, you might be missing certain pieces at certain positions. I just love them starting this attitude to be the foundation of the program moving forward, especially with, especially with the level of talent they have coming in recruiting-wise. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's just, it's just going to bring the right attention. I think Marcus Freeman knows what he's young enough to know what the kids want from a genuine coach. Yeah. I think from our interview earlier with Carnell Tate, I think the part two of it, the best part was, is that when he's telling us what he's expecting from a coach, it gives us a feel, give me a feeling that, okay, these, these players, these top players out here, these top recruits are looking for what are you going to do to help me as a coach getting me ready for the next level. And I think a guy like Marcus Freeman and, and Chancey Stuckey and Tommy Reese, who's, who's touched the big stage, can physically show you how to do it, which I think gives a lot of these recruits more of a stronger relationship yeah. on believing that they can be taken to that next level in development to be able to get ready for the league. <laughs> big Smith, big fish, small palm, bull mastiff type of link. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now, God, guinea pig clips, I just hope we never going into a game scared and playing scared. I don't think you guys ever went into a game scared, though. Not playing. Oh, no, we was, we was too good. No, we wasn't. No. We was never scared. Like, But that helps. You know, that's that's a big part of the game when you're not scared. Yeah. I think Cincinnati wasn't scared, and they came in like they wasn't scared. You know what I mean? Not that they were a better team, but they didn't play to the level of, oh, we're respecting Notre Dame. They should be whooping our butt, and we're supposed to be taking it kind of thing. Man, that's crazy. And it's so crazy now watching these recruits, and I got something special to drop, something historical during Petty Train. It wasn't recent, but I was reminded of the story, and I was like, yo, I have to be retroactive and pull somebody from back in the 90s and put them on the Petty Train even though what they did was genius. What they did was so genius. It was like, man. But ultimately, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for this team to go out there and be able to take the same attitude into fall camp and hope that it translates into the regular season and leads to wins on the football field. As we said before, we look at the schedule. It's really a three-game schedule. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep it real, keep it a buck. Clemson, Ohio State, SC. <laughs> it's, that's that's it's it. A three game schedule. That's the whole season, right there. And it's based upon the talent that we have, and the coaching, and how we see improvement on the offensive line, how we see improvement from the wide receivers, and just the overall coaching staff and the way they're recruiting. Man, things are going to be much better this year. I would, because if we had, give me one player out of the group that left that you would keep on this squad if you could. 
Don't go the easy route, dude. I wouldn't say two, three. I wouldn't say two, three. I think we'll be better without him just because we don't have to give him the ball 75% of the time, you know. Um, I don't know who we met. I think we did such a good job of filling in what we needed. Not that we were missing. That's true. Like, even with Kevin Austin, like, I, Kevin Austin would be great. Like you were saying, Kevin Austin, you know. I that, just, that, that would be my guy. That would be my dude. But him, it's like him Kevin Austin, he wouldn't – Kevin Austin wouldn't like, in in my opinion, he would look at TB as, like, not ready to mm. where I'm trying to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Jack, Jack put me in good position. But TB might take me a step back because he's still growing. You know, right. Jack ready. Right. That was the most he could – Kevin Austin at that time could and should have got. Like with Avery Davis, I think he would have benefited more from Jack another year than he than he will from TB just because I don't think it's just going to be flying around as much. Yeah. I agree with that. Because most people would just go ahead and say Kyle Hamilton. But I man, just having that that duo at the wideouts, because with the running game, if the safeties want to come up, dude, those are two guys that their best routes last year were the go routes and the post routes. So that would be perfect. But and then I can see Myron. I can see somebody saying Myron just to get more depth on the defensive line. Yeah, but he be. He be what? Go ahead and say it, bro. He be something. He's not, he's not. He's not. He's not Jordan Davis. How about that? Dog, it's only one Jordan Davis. Ain't too many three hundred thirty pound dudes running four seven. Dog, I mean, that's no, where are we gonna find that at? Where? That's, that's best in college football, man. Three thirty running four seven. Yeah, we can just go find one of those. But that's how you know you got the best defense. You we got one. Find, yeah. It's a couple of those hanging out on Great Street. We can just go find them. Go All get them. The <laughs> Say go get them. <laughs> That's the them the ones. Them the ones. It's like okay, this defense. All right, we believe <laughs> you can't have a, the smallest in weight on the defensive roster telling you, oh, we big and bad. Not the smallest in weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the smallest dude in the bar speaking up for the game. It's like, but you you're not the one that's gonna be stepping out. If the gang had to put the the life on the line, you know what I mean. If we had yeah. six, seven, three, twenty-five running the four, three, yeah, we the best in the country. I believe, right? Right. You know, we got these 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 one eighty-five. You know, six-pack small guys. You know, hey. you got something against six packs, dog. See, just because you didn't have one at the bend. No, but listen, okay, but you, 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 it only goes so far because you weigh in the back. You know what I mean? You weigh. Jalen had a six pack. See, but Jalen ain't there. But, but when, but Jalen is like, you know, Jalen will go up there and tell you, yeah, we got a, we got a real good chance. And I believe it because we got Jalen. Right, right. He going, at least he going to be on 80% of plays. Right, right. But if you in the, in the outfield, <laughs> it's right. like man, if your shortstop is saying, "Yeah, you got your you got your binoculars on," talking about what we doing, you know. It's, <laughs> so I like the enthusiasm, 
But if you was like a, Bra- a Brian Dawkins or something, okay. Because I know you in on plays. You're going to be in there. You're Bob Sanders, you know what I'm saying? But I think if we had a a, a bigger guy, you know, offensively, if it was like a, a, a receiver or something offensively, like Styles came out and said, okay, we're going to run it up. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. Because I know Styles gonna touch that thing fifteen times. In we game. might get that Saturday, because the group that will be meeting with the media will be the wide receivers. See, and wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey, which is why I'm going down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chop, chop it up with Chancey, talk to a couple of the wide receivers, and I want to see. Yeah, because we definitely need we need somebody from that offensive side of the ball to say something. It's a lot yeah. of chirping coming from these defensive players, right? And it can't be an old lineman because we know that's 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 easy. That's easy for right. us. You right. got hair. We, we believe you because you got hair. Like this is the best we've gotten from an offensive player this offseason. Uh he's definitely got confidence on the field. Um, I think that's uh the biggest indicator of a good player when they're young. Um, he's definitely the best runner I've had as a quarterback uh, in college. Um, and I think, you know, it wasn't showcased as well, but he's got a good arm. And I think uh, as time goes on, he'll be able to make more uh, uh, smarter decisions as a passer. And that kind of comes to just experience. I mean, quarterback's the hardest position. There's a lot going on. So I, I think he's going to, you know, improve vastly. That's, all, that's the best. That's the best we've got from the offense. <laughs> That's the best we've gotten from an offensive player this offseason. <laughs> That's real disrespect. My man says he's the best runner I've had as a quarterback for sure. The receiver said that. Look, man. The, 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 the position depended on throwing the rock. Yo. I had to throw in there. He said, look, this is the best runner I've ever had at a quarterback. But look. I'm not gonna, look, I'm, all we're saying is the offense has to step it up. Like, the oh. offense will be coming to the mic a lot in the next week or so. We're going to need them to match the energy of the defense. <laughs> why why are you play that clip? <laughs> that's the best. That's, that's why I kept it around. It's the best clip from an offensive player of the offseason. Oh, my God. That Talking was about what to look for. That was the worst clip. <laughs> Oh my god, he took the it was the shrug that got me. It was like I don't know what you want me to say. It was the uh at the beginning, right? Yeah, uh, fuck it. <laughs> Wait a minute. JD said replay is back. Yeah, you gotta play that thing because I want I want the fans to know. Uh he's definitely got confidence on the field. Um, uh, I think that's uh the biggest indicator of a good player when they're young. Um, he's definitely the best runner I've had as a quarterback uh, in college. Um, and I think, you know, it wasn't showcased as well, but he's got a good arm. And I think uh, as time goes on, he'll be able to make more uh, uh, smarter decisions as a passer. And that kind of comes to just experience. I mean, quarterback's the hardest position. There's a lot going on. So I, I think he's going to, you know, improve vastly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the best we have from an offense. And, and, and he killed me every time. He killed me every time with the what he said. He killed me with the damn uh 
<laughs> Every time he said it, it just is like he hit him with the out. You know, quarterbacks real hard. It's a lot going on. Don't give him that. That's what we that's why we recruited him. Cause it is a lot going on. He trying to give him a break. You know, it's a lot, a lot that happens. <laughs> Don't give him no. We wouldn't. We don't want a guy that's like, man, it's a lot as a quarterback. Yes, we know. Yes, no. we. Know. And then he kills me with the overtime thing. Over, he'll get better over time. What? How long are we waiting? <laughs> Look, man, I think, you know what? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might, it's a possibility that I'm being a little bit unfair. It's a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) The best runner I've ever had as a quarterback. I swear that should be a shirt. If your receiver, your number one receiver said, bro, it's the best running back quarterback I've ever had. That is not no compliment. <laughs> Man, stop making it worse than what it is, bro. Man, you pulled it up as the best clips so far from the offense. That is that crazy. Is, dude. Like, Marcus Freeman has talked about the offense <laughs> and he's talked about, you know, Dylan McCullough made you feel real good about the running backs. The other day, the offensive players, man, I, I have plenty of clips from defensive players talking that talk. Yeah, we got the defense. Plenty. We done heard everybody talk on defense. Dude, that offense, though? <laughs> <laughs> that clip has to be saved for, for during the season. I, I keep it around. I'm waiting for another clip from an offensive player to replace it, bro. Because that's... Been begging, <laughs> I've been begging for somebody to replace it, dude. Begging. Begging. It's the fact that he was really searching for something to say. Like, man, like, he could just overtime. His quarterback and it's not easy. Eventually he'll get there. You know, he got he got an arm and some legs. <laughs> and he got some some hands and he got some feet. He's stupid, man. He's stupid. Come on, man. <laughs> oh god. Lucky lefty podcast, man. Look. Crazy. We're just having fun. I just found one. I just found one. You might not count it. From earlier in the offseason, oh, Jared man. Patterson did have some very good things to say about the offensive line. Yeah, I think with this group, I mean, you know, we lost Kane, who's a great guy, but we have, you know, a lot of experience coming by. I mean, Blake, Joe, uh, Mike, Zeke, you know, Andrew, all those guys, you know, Josh, all those guys come back with experience, you know. It's not, it's not a young group anymore. These guys have been able to play, you know, some big-time games. So, we're going to be counting on them. You know, they're going to start, you know, mature, you know, being leaders, things like that. So, I mean, it's exciting to have all those guys and really just build another year, you know, bonding with them on and off the field. See, yo. See, see but that's the thing. He's that's not going to be – because he said we might going to miss Kane at the beginning. 
Like, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Hit him with <laughs> great guy. Right. But we 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 moving on. My thing too is that he ain't gonna have all them words. Next time we see him at the heat stand, he's gonna be Quentin Nelson in the face, give you a couple words. Right. And better. <laughs> yeah, that's all we going. He ain't he too talkative. You know, he yeah. too talkative right now because he ain't had heat stand. He ain't gonna right. have much to say once he get heat, which is which is why I say the offensive line, you know, they gonna all become the same thing. So right. we can't can't get no good interview from them because that was too good for what he's going to be saying now moving forward. Yeah, Wait. that was too much. <laughs> we didn't mean to do that to you, drunk Vigo. That's not – That's not, we would do. All we're saying is uh, we need the offense to start matching the energy of the defense. That's okay. all we need because the offense, according to everyone has gone to the practices, has been the dominant side of the ball in practice. But yes. they're not talking that talk. Mm-hmm. We need them to talk that talk. It's almost like Tommy has them on a leash, and Marcus Freeman has told the defense, talk "Go ahead, say defense. whatever you want, defense, yeah, whatever Go y'all crazy, talk crazy as can make it." Dude, he got, yeah, he got the offense over there. No, we're not screwed. We're not screwed. He gonna be hanging up. Come on, now let, let's let's put it back in perspective now. Dude, I think the question called Braden Lindsey off. They must have asked him, like, what is he doing specifically that got you so excited? That's a tough question. Oh, dude. But if he just said, tell, tell us about Tyler, and that's what he come up with, that's that's rough. Because you have practice with him every day. You know what I mean? You 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 done, you done see him every day. And you talking about, man. Oh, I didn't do anything. I was just <laughs> playing the clip, trying to prove a point that, like, yo, that's literally the best we have from an offensive player. The best. So somebody said now Tyler Buck is gonna see that in the chat. <laughs> He's only gonna throw the ball to Lindsay twice a game. <laughs> Shit, he might only get a couple shots at it. Damn it. Better make them three, four shots count. Oh my god, dude. Lucky lefty podcast. Hey, I blamed, I was cool. <laughs> My partner saw the clip and lost it. I just yeah, the clip, I forgot the clip was that wild. He just, oh, man, that was terrible. It's like, you know what's crazy? I would have been mad. After this, like, hey, bro. Do we not talk enough? It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? That's right. Petty Junction, each and every day, Petty Story of the Day. So, <laughs> dude, and dude, LL Nation threw me on the petty train for playing that clip. So, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I'll take it. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Yo, yeah, we need something. Owners, man, they have to go on the petty train, man. Changing this overtime rule and not making it uniform. Like, you're only changing it for the playoffs, and you're changing it because a one player, Buffalo Bills. Really? You thought you was going to squeeze some more out of that? Patrick Mahomes ended it like it should have been ended. 
Come on, man. That's that they have to go on the petty train. Have to mm-hmm. go on the petty train. Then look, man. I don't know if you saw this. The story Chris Rock started his world tour last night, right? Sold out. Average price $381 per ticket. Banana. So what? So what? They go in there to laugh at his ass. <laughs> they go in there hoping somebody go up on the stage and smack him around again. Just so, look, I'm from Chicago, right? I could not, I refused to edit the clip and post it. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. It, it's that treacherous. It is that treacherous. <laughs> but if you want to hear the funniest commentary <laughs> on that whole situation, please go to Corey Holcomb's. Oh, yeah, you see it. No, I do forget the clip that went viral. You have to listen to the first 20 minutes. Of oh, he went in the whole time. Oh, the first 20 minutes was all dedicated, all dedicated to. Him. And he he was treacherous, bro. He has to go on the petty train. Has to. <laughs> has to. Has to. The stuff he the said. The clip had me. The clip had me dying. Oh, the clip had the clip, me dying. You, the clip was just the, the tip of the iceberg. That's just the tip of the iceberg, bro. Now, you don't know how fast I was trying to find the video. It's on YouTube, right? It's you know how YouTube. fast I was trying to find Let's it. Let's put it in Corey Holcomb. Put it in Corey <laughs> Holcomb. And, I, man, I promise you, the first 20 minutes, I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link. Because I do. I sent it to, like, at least three or four people, like, dude. Oh, my God. Because, Corey, what brought my attention to it is one of my guys, that worked in broadcasting with the Chicago retweeted the clip and the said, clip. and he said in the in the tweet he said I guess Will Smith is going to have to smack Corey Holcomb now and I said first of all that ain't happening he's from Chicago I I know who Corey Holcomb is that's not happening he ain't he's not gonna pull the Chris Rock but uh, uh, he ain't gonna go with the Chris Rock he ain't no, gonna do he's that. not pulling the Chris Rock nah that's not happening. That's hilarious. Dude, it's this, man. I felt bad after watching it. You know how you watch something and you laugh at it and you feel bad that you're laughing at it? Like, I shouldn't have laughed at that, man. Nah, but that's funny, though. I know it was. I mean, the clip was too funny, though. But, no, this is the thing, though. I felt bad, and then I told my missus about it. (laughs) Right? But, you know... She likes Corey Holcomb, you know. She loves his style of comedy. And I was like, babe, I don't know if you really want to listen to it, you know, because you might think it's disrespectful, you know, to women. She was like, no, no, I want to see it. It was like three minutes in. She was like in stitches. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it's just too, it's too crazy. And I'm looking at her, and she's like, hey, he's a fool. Yeah, he's a fool. She's like, man. So I just sent it to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely about to watch that shit. The first twenty minutes, just stay with it. <laughs> I was like, man, this dude is treacherous, man. So yeah, that that's in nineteen ninety three. As we close, 
I don't know if you guys knew this. I was today years old when I found out about this. Bobby Knight, who was the head coach of the University of Indiana, came to the podium after a game against Purdue and announced that Indiana had signed a six foot nine power forward from Yugoslavia named Ivan Rinko. The next day, all of the publications, the recruiting publications came out and a kid that was not in the top 100 was all of a sudden in the top 10 as a recruit. It's 6'9 power forward named Ivan Rinko from Yugoslavia. After the next game, Bobby Knight came to the podium and said to all you idiots that put Ivan Rinko in the top 10 in your publications, he doesn't even exist. And I just wanted to prove a point that you are dummies. It was the greatest prank. I was like, oh, that's mad petty. And I literally just read about the story today. I they don't like, have they don't have the film and stuff back then. So right. I was like, dude, this is so just based upon the word, but this goes back to when recruits all of a sudden commit to Alabama or commit to Georgia, they just instantly go from top 350 to top 100, three star to four star. It's crazy. And shout out to Bobby Knight for pulling one of the funniest pranks in the history of college sports. Yo, when I read that story today, the anniversary of it, I was like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> no, they're not related. Corey is not related to the running back Robert Holcomb, who also played for the Rams mm. and other teams in the NFL. No, Corey Holcomb is just <laughs> your boy from the South Side. Man. Boy from the South Side, man. Just a fool. He's an unadulterated fool, man. Absolutely. It was great marketing by night. I don't know if it was the same year, but he did throw a chair in the middle of the game. So that's it, man. We will have part two of our exclusive interview with Carnell Tate this Sunday, April the 3rd. This Sunday, April the 3rd at 6 p.m. exclusively on the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube page. We're trying to be respectful. We we really wanted to go ahead and drop it tonight or tomorrow night. But, you know, we figured he had a, a visit coming up this weekend. So we want him to clear his visit and then we'll release it. It is, yo. A1. A1 information. A1 information. You can go over to Irish Breakdown Message Board right now. I put up a few nuggets. Going uh, talking about his visit when he brought his mom to campus. Those nuggets are over at Irish Breakdown on the message message board right now. So we love you back. We see everybody in the chat. We love you guys back. Thank you for getting us almost to 2100 as far as subscriptions. We keep climbing. Send us your questions, your super chats. Continue to do so. Thank you for your support. And you guys rock with all of the video content, man. 2,000, 3,000 views. We appreciate you. I think they're talking about Harbaugh inviting uh, Kaepernick up to, you know, if you all want to throw him on a petty train for that, 
I mean, but that's his quarterback. That's I understand. That's his quarterback. So for my guy Malik Zaire, the original lucky lefty. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs> for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Uh definitely our uh, uh, <laughs> we'll see 